I invite you to open up your Bible to Isaiah 56, a brief word of encouragement from God's Word today. Isaiah chapter 56. And while you're turning there, I'll just to remind you again, this week starts our seminar right there in the back, October 11. Did anyone receive a flyer in the mail for it? Good. You know, we've been having people register online already, over 20 people, I don't know who they are, from our community have already said, reserve a seat, we want to be there. So your job is to number one, pray. Number two, invite more people. We have a few more road signs, a few more um, small postcard size invitations, glows going out today, participate without outreach. What time, Anita? Two o'clock in the youth chapel. Uh, and then show up yourself. And when you're there, you have two jobs. Number one, well, you have three jobs. Number one, when you show up, pray. Number two, be nice. And number three, make friends. That's what we're here for. So Isaiah chapter 56. The book of Isaiah could be divided into three parts, although you could subdivide it much further. But you could say the first 39 chapters are kind of God's uh, talking, interacting with the people of Israel and basically telling them, you guys are not following me. You've broken my covenant. You've disregarded my laws. But then we get to chapter 40 through about 45 and we start to get good news. God reminding us he's the only one. God wanting to give the people comfort. And then in the end of the book, 56 through 66, we kind of have a, a what now? Okay, we know we've done wrong. We know our God is good. So what's going to happen next? What do we do in response to that? And we get to chapter 56, verse 1. And here's an answer from the God. Thus saith the Lord. Reading from the New King James Version today. Keep justice and do righteousness. For my salvation is about to come and my righteousness will be revealed. Live your faith out, God says. Live justly. Live holy lives. Salvation is coming. The Messiah that was promised will come. Isaiah is writing this about 516 B.C. Um, this is still about 500 years before the, the coming of Jesus. But we're seeing good things being foretold. God wanting to do good things in the life of his people. Verse 2, Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who lays hold of it, who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and who keeps his hand from doing any evil. You're my covenant people. You're the people I pulled you out of Egypt. I want you to follow me. And one of the ways that you tell me that, that you're with me is by keeping my day holy. By keeping your hand from doing evil. Live out your faith. Follow me. Let me know that I'm your God. And then we get to verse 3. And this is where I want to really focus in. Because it says, do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, somebody who joined the Israelites but were not originally part of the 12 tribes. Don't let that type of person say this, the Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, here I am, a dry tree, the person who was unable to have kids, either by an accident or by... Um, a procedure. Don't say these things. Don't say, if you find yourself a foreigner amongst 
these people. Don't say God has separated me and I can't be with them. Or if, if you can't have kids, don't say my hope is cut off. Don't say I'm just a dry tree. I'm just like a plant that's going to die because I have no future. As you recall, there were some instructions given in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Uh, there were certain classes of people, certain conditions that uh, had some restrictions on them. Uh, the, the passage in Deuteronomy 23 talks about uh, people being restricted from the assembly of the Lord. And this may simply just mean from certain leadership roles. Not that they couldn't worship together, not that they couldn't find salvation. Uh, but in a temporary sense, during that time, God had some reasons that's outside of the scope of this expository devotional. But God had some reasons for why he wanted certain people in leadership at that time. But certain groups could get the feeling that they were being excluded, that they weren't wanted, and that they weren't loved. And so God is wanting to make the message very, very clear. No, 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 no. If you're a, a foreigner and you've joined yourself to the Lord, don't feel forsaken. And if you have a physical limitation, you're not able to have kids, for example, don't feel like there's no hope for you. Why? Because of verse 4. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath and who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant, even to them will I give my house. I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name. Yad Vashem. I'll give them a place, a memorial, and I will give them a name. A name that's better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. If you feel like your life doesn't have meaning, he's saying to these people who are eunuchs, don't worry. I'm going to give you an everlasting name, a name that's better than a whole bunch of kids and grandkids. I'm going to give you a place, property. I'm going to give you a name, posterity. You are welcome. You're part of this family. If you're willing to join my, yourself to me, a name that will not be cut off. And then verse 6, also to the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants. Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds to my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain. I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be a house of prayer for all the nations. To this other group of people who, they weren't born as a part of the, the, the tribes of Israel, but they wanted to follow God. They wanted to keep His Sabbath. They wanted to be a part of the covenant people. God says, if you've joined yourself to me, you're part of the family too. I'm going to take you to my holy mountain. I'm going to bring you to be a part of my people. You're going to be made joyful in my house of prayer. Which, by the way, he says is a house of prayer for how many nations? All nations. Long before Jesus. Long before the Apostle Paul would write those inspired words that there's no longer Jew nor Greek 
slave nor free, male nor female. Long before that, God was already saying to his people, no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, whether you have physical limitations, whether you come from another nation or tribe, if you want to join yourself to me, you're welcome as a part of the family. And I'm going to take you to my holy hill. He provides assistance. He provides acceptance. And he provides comfort, making them joyful in God's house of prayer. So it's such a blessing this morning, just as we have fellowshiped together. And if your culture and your background wasn't represented here today, let us know and we'll get you involved next year. We'll put you in our parade of nations. We'll have you speak to us in your language. You're valued, you're loved, you're accepted in the family of God, and you're accepted in this place. You know, those words were true back then, and I believe they're still true today. Would you agree? Heaven's going to be so wonderful. I don't know what language we're going to speak. Jose Rojas says it's going to be Spanish. I have my suspicions. He said that God uh, spoke to Moses from the cloud and he said, buenos dias. <laughs> that may be, and, and that'll be fine because I know a little bit. But I think we're going to speak a whole different language. But you know what? Jesus says many will come from the east, from the west. They're going to sit down with Abraham and Isaac and so forth in the kingdom of our God. It's going to be a great time. So the encouragement and the simple expository devotional this morning reminds us that long ago, and even still today, God intends for all people to be welcome in his fellowship. Let's start that right here in this church. Start it in your lives, in your friendship. Get to know people who are different from you. Invite people over to your house that you don't normally hang out with. Sit at some, a different table at potluck today. Um, we're going to be cozy in there. It's going to be great. Get to know different people. Ask them about what life is like in their culture, in their family, in their background. And let's all look forward to the day when God will take all of us to his holy hill, to his holy mountain, and we can worship him together forever. So before we pray, I just invite you to take the first step towards applying this in your own life and just turn to the people around you and tell them, you are welcome, you are loved. Try it. And don't just turn to the person that you came with today. Thank you so much. Now, we normally take a picture on this day, but I'm just going to take a picture from up here since you're already nicely arranged right there. 
so you don't even have to get up and move. Okay, ready? Everybody smile. One, two, three. Now let me do a panel because I didn't get you. <laughs> so everyone hold really still. Okay, one, two, three. Hold still. Still. Got it. <laughs> Got it. All right, let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Father, we're so thankful that you accept us. Lord, uh, we all are Gentiles. Uh, we weren't born of the seed of Abraham. We came from other places, but you've welcomed us, and I pray that we can welcome others. May this church be a house of prayer for all nations. May we go out of our way to welcome people. And Lord, we're looking forward to that day when we can gather around your throne all together and thank you in person for what you've done for us. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, let all God's people say, Amen. Amen.